Alcohol is the only drug where if you don't do it, people assume you have a problem. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Something for Everybody, the podcast to help those who listen feel more loved and connected through story sharing. My name is Aaron Mashpitz, and my mission is to help you realize your potential and capabilities through conversations and deep insights so you can make your prior best your new baseline. And today's episode is a solo episode, and I talk about alcohol, 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 alcohol. It's been 377 days and counting since I started my sobriety journey. And in this episode, I will talk about my drinking history and the lessons I've learned over the last, let's say, 380 days from being sober. Today's episode is brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company and I use their products daily. So click the link in the show notes and use the code everybody at checkout for $10 off your entire order. Now on to episode 152 of something for everybody. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Something for Everybody. My name is Aaron Mashpitz, and it has been 377 days and counting since I had a drink of alcohol. And I want to explain to you my history with drinking, where I'm at now currently with my thought process around drinking, and some of the lessons I've learned about myself and just about going sober and that idea of not drinking alcohol over the last 377 days. So I think I'll begin by just um, explaining sort of my history with alcohol when I started drinking, how I used it and some of the ways it affected me and then transitioning out of college into life, how I started using it there and then and why I made the decision to stop drinking and the lessons I've learned since I decided to go sober. So I did not drink in high school. I did not have my first alcoholic beverage until I was 18 in my second semester at university. For those that don't know, I went to South Dakota State University. I was a division one baseball player and was hesitant around drinking. My whole life at that point was wrapped around baseball and trying to be the best baseball player that I could possibly be. And, but in college, a lot, most of my teammates drank. There was a sort of a culture, a community hanging out around a social aspect to drinking, as many of you know who've attended university in college, and especially you're on a team atmosphere with a bunch of boys and, and things like that. And so my second semester of university, I decided to give alcohol a try. I had a couple beers before I went to see a movie with my teammate Andrew Melton and a couple softball girls. I think I had a couple Bud Lights. And then after that, I went to a volleyball party and continued to drink a few more different alcoholic beverages. And then the next day, obviously, had my very first hangover, which was not fun. Um, they only got worse from there as I got older and started to sort of drink more aggressively and excessively. But 
in high school, for a little context, in high school, I was not a very outgoing person. I didn't have a lot of friends. I wasn't very sure of myself. The only thing I really cared about was like a couple friends that I had, my family and baseball. And then when I got to university, I sort of wanted to become a different person or I wanted to become the person that I, I felt like was inside of me, sort of a confident, energetic, enthusiastic person. I really wanted people to validate me and to like me and to see me as this like macho, cool baseball player. And I didn't know how I was going to get there. Then when I got introduced to alcohol, some of this <clears throat> confidence, as you know, if, if you've drank alcohol or been drunk before, it starts to just naturally flow through you. Not being an inherently confident person, you become, you can become the center of, the, of attention. You can become the person in the room who garners all the attention and attracts the masses. And so I felt that way when I started drinking alcohol. And I was building relationships with my teammates. We had fun times. I was able to talk to girls with more confidence and more regularity. And just things started to happen in that direction for me with alcohol. And then, you know, fast forward to my junior and senior year, I was kind of, it's very weird to say this out loud, especially on a podcast where people are going to hear it, but sort of like the man on campus where people knew who I was, people came to my house to party. And so I feel like I had to keep up that sort of persona and performance. Granted, I wanted to do that. I was willing to do that. I wanted to, but also internally on a, on a sort of deeper level, now that I look back at it, um, I sort of felt like I had to, had to keep that reputation going. And while all this is happening, um, I am fully committed to being the absolute best baseball player that I can be because I loved baseball and I wanted to make it as far as I could. And I was a team captain and I was an All-American and all of these things while exploring with alcohol and my social relationships and girls and dating and all of these things while managing a good grade point average to keep my grades up because I know my future um, rode on that outside of just being a baseball player baseball player. So there was a bunch of different dynamics happening, but alcohol was then introduced into my life and I saw it as a benefit. I didn't care how hungover I got. I didn't care that most of my Saturdays and Sundays were wasted in the off season. In season, we didn't do much of that. It was focused on in season, trying to perform at our best for the baseball season. But, you know, wasting Saturdays and Sundays, staying in bed all day, just sort of vomiting and not eating right and not getting my workouts in and all of these things just... I was okay with that because I, I enjoyed the benefits from drinking alcohol as a university student. And then you get to 21 and um, you start going to bars and it's a little bit different than house parties and you can buy your own alcohol and it doesn't seem as fun, you know, because there's not that like hint of like rebellion that's happening and especially at a small campus in the University of South Dakota. And <clears throat> anyways, graduate college, move on from that, become an independent professional wrestler, and the the sort of drinking culture is sort of nested also in professional wrestling because we're performing on shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then we're sort of going out and then we're making the next town, the next city. And it's just a hustle bustle sort of grind. And sometimes you need a, a substance to to alleviate some of that stress. And that's sort of where the the negative effects of alcohol comes in when it becomes a 
uh, something that handicaps you, a crutch, something that you need, a substance abuse disorder, things of that nature. That's where it becomes really, really detrimental to your life and need to take a closer look if that's you and if you need to investigate further or need to get some help or some of those different things. I'm just trying to relay my own personal experience with drinking, with alcohol, so you have some context behind um, when I get to the, the lessons learned and why I think not drinking alcohol is the way to go because of what I've experienced. But I also went through age 18, I started drinking, and around 28, 29 is when I started coming off of it. And so I had 10 years of drinking, and now I'm 377 days and counting into my sober sort of life. I'm not sure if I'm going to do this for the rest of my life or introduce one or two drinks. I don't know. I'm still a very young man at age 30, but I found the benefits to be absolutely wild. And so anyways, in, inside of my professional wrestling career, I, we, we had some good nights. We drank, you know, I, I traveled all across the world, a lot in Europe, most of the United States being a professional wrestler again, took that extremely seriously. That was my full-time job. Just like being a baseball player was my full-time job. I just also happened to drink alcohol also. And so my work ethic, my determination, my drive, my resiliency has always been there. I just had alcohol sort of, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed going out with my friends. I enjoyed the social the, the social aspect of it. But I was always, I'm always someone who does things to excess, to high volume, that's why I've become successful in a lot of different domains of my life because I don't quit. I have a lot of resiliency, you know, with this podcast, we're 152 episodes in and counting, you know, my nonprofit champions adjust all of these things that I'm doing in my life. I have a lot of drive and determination and nothing is going to stop me. And I do things hundred percent of all the way. And sort of that mentality got me in trouble a bit when I was drinking because I wasn't like a one, two beers, let's have a good time. I was a drink to excess sort of person. And so when I started to realize that that was sort of my intrinsic nature, I had to really think about, you know, my life, you know, uh, and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to become and sort of what things I wanted to be about or what, um, what values I wanted to live by. And so we fast forward into COVID. COVID happens. I've, I've mentioned this a few times on this podcast, but the show keeps growing in size, so I'll keep mentioning it again and probably have to do sort of a whole other episode about this sort of transition in my life because it was one of the most important transitions in my life when COVID hit, professional wrestling sort of ended because you can't do shows in front of zero people, and so that's when I started to make all of these different life transitions into becoming a coach and a speaker and a podcaster and all of these things full throttle so this could be my job in my life outside of professional wrestling, but I had no choice choice. I had to do it then and now. Um, but with all this sort of free time and a loss of job and things not happening, and I started drinking a bit more and I started drinking a bit more at night um, just to just because I was bored um, and drinking and girls and drinking and women and drinking and women and it sort of just hit a tipping point where I just started to, to feel like shit. Like I was still working out. I was still doing a bunch of stuff during the day, working out, hustling, creating, um, investing in myself, in my businesses, trying to create these sort of uh, different streams of revenue around my businesses, around coaching, podcasting, and speaking, um, while at night trying to be very promiscuous and very sexually active while drinking a lot of alcohol. And that all led me to just feel like absolute garbage. Um, just it didn't feel good. Very low self 
self-esteem, self-respect at that point because I wasn't treating myself the way I knew that I should be treating myself with all the stuff that I known with my background in health, fitness and education and mental health and all of this stuff. I just wasn't doing the things that I know I should be doing. And it led to a tipping point. Just basically nothing catastrophic happened. I wasn't doing anything outrageous, let's say, but for me, it just wasn't what I wanted to be doing because I was reading, I was investigating, I was learning, I was exploring, I was doing classes and coach um, courses and listening to podcasts and reading books on my free time while working here and here and trying to build this and try to grow this and try to have this. And then I would do these sort of behaviors that I didn't deem responsible at night. And so my first step was to do um, 365 days of celibacy. Um, was basically to stop watching porn and do 365 days of celibacy. That um, whole story is uh, relayed on episode 81 of this podcast. Again, we've sort of doubled in size and we keep growing, which is fucking amazing. So thank you, those who are listening and watching. But I'll probably have to redo the story about celibacy, porn, and meeting my partner, Re. I think that's a really cool story about celibacy, about porn, and about young men, how we can develop ourselves into really strong males. And that has to do with our sex life, our sex drive, our pornography watching, our viewing, how we view ourselves and all of that stuff. So I talk about that in episode 81, but that was sort of the first transition I made. I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to drink a little less, but I'm not going to say I'm never going to drink again. I might have a couple beers here and here and had some, some bachelor trips coming up. My best friend was getting married. All sorts of things were sort of happening, but I knew that I wanted to do 365 days of celibacy and I wanted to stop watching porn. And so, um, that remains true to this day. The celibacy led me to meeting my beautiful partner, Re, and that was that's the most incredible thing that's happened to me. She's the most amazing thing that's ever walked into my life, and so I accredit that, that space, that energy that I created with the celibacy without or with removing porn from my life and allowing that sort of loving energy to happen and me giving the space and time and healing myself and allowing myself to be um, to receive love and to give love at its fullest, um, fullest level. And so then that happened. Okay. And then now I'm in this beautiful relationship with Re, and I want to make it, I want to make another change because I wanted to do tackle one thing at a time. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that I'm a firm believer in making your habits too small to fail, too small to fail. So I couldn't tackle uh, everything all at once with celibacy, porn, drinking, blah, 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 blah. It just would have been way too much. So I decided to do the celibacy, the porn, find out or try to get into a really beautiful, loving relationship. And I have, she's the woman that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And that's a fucking beautiful, magical thing to say. And so then I decided to tackle this sort of drinking thing. At this point, drinking wasn't really part of my life. Like I would go out a few times, I would have a few beverages, but I was never like a person who wanted to have like a whiskey at home after a long day of work that just never resonated with me or like having a Bud Light while watching TV like that also never resonated with me. So it wasn't that challenging for me to say, okay, I'm going to do 365 days without alcohol and see how I feel at the end of those 365 days. And so now 
I decided to do that. Uh, I think it was March like 28th of 2022 that I made that commitment because it was right after my best friend Al had his bachelor party and I wanted to celebrate with him and be able to sort of have a good time in that area. But I knew in the back of my mind that I, I didn't really want to be drinking. I wanted to be expressing the best version of me, um, the most sharp best version of me um, that could be there for my friend and celebrate him as adequately as possible. And so I knew that, but I had a, we had a fantastic time. And the next day was a Monday. I think it was March 28th, 2022. I decided no alcoholic beverages for 365 days. And so now we're at 377 on the day of this recording. It'll be a little bit more when this episode comes out because I recorded this on April 10th. And so that's why I say 377 days and counting of no alcohol. <clears throat> and so it's been incredible. It's been incredible. Um, the celibacy, the no porn and stopping drinking are the three best decisions that I've made in my life. <clears throat> Full stop, like a hundred percent, no questions asked. What have I learned from not drinking alcohol? Well, my productivity is through the roof because I am not giving up any days of the week. I'm not giving up a Saturday or a Sunday because I'm too hungover to function. I'm not violently and aggressively hungover, vomiting all day. And so I have these open days to explore things, to hang out with my partner, to hang out with friends, to go on a hike, walk, to work a little bit, to travel, to do anything that I want. Um, and then during the week, I'm... Um, I'm locked into my routine and it's not breaking on the weekends. So my body isn't going on a yo-yo of Monday through Thursday doing really well, Saturday to Sunday or uh, Friday and Saturday getting absolutely messed up and then Sunday trying to recover and do it all over again. I'm seven days a week at the best possible version of me feeding myself nutrients, positive things, good things that allow me to flourish at a very high level. And so with that said, my productivity is skyrocketed. And so during that time, I went from, you know, four episodes <clears throat> a month of this podcast to seven to eight to um, continuing to <clears throat> invest in my businesses and have those grow, whether that be shop for everybody, champions adjust, you are love, this podcast, speaking, coaching, all of these things that I'm doing, it allows me to dive deeper into those things. So productivity definitely increased. <clears throat> and as I mentioned before, when I started drinking, I was very in, I was very unconfident. I wasn't a confident person. Alcohol sort of brought that confidence out of me. And now as an adult, a 30 year old man, I, when I started, when I gave up alcohol, I wanted to, I wanted to know if I was actually confident, you know, cause I teach mental skills. I teach mental performance and I can teach how you you to become how to become more confident in yourself as a person, right? Confidence is having intense trust in yourself. Do I have intense trust in myself? Well, I know I do with alcohol. Do I do, do I have it without it? I know I do in other domains of coaching, speaking, and podcasting. I have very much confidence in myself, but I have confidence uh, dancing in front of people at a wedding or talking to a stranger at a bar uh, or whatever the case may be is. And you sort of learn and develop that you do. You are this person. You build this sort of undeniable stack of proof that you are the person you say you are. And so, and so um, removing alcohol from your life allows you to investigate further the things you think about yourself. And so I actually am a very confident person. And I assured that and I approve and I prove that to myself and continue to prove that to myself day in, day out. 
with the things that I'm doing. So I'm continuously over and over building intense trust in myself, which is confidence without alcohol, without a crutch, <clears throat> without a need to, to lean on anything, just having it intrinsically inside of me because I've built it up that way. And I encourage you to do the same. Habits, I'm able to stick to my habits much more because one, I committed to this thing of 365 days, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, I committed to this thing of 365 days without alcohol. So that means I can do hard things. So that means I can commit to something. That means I have discipline in myself. So that means I can transfer that skill into any other skill in my life whether it's a meditation practice, journaling practice, whatever the case may be is. Around the same time as the no alcohol started, I started training jujitsu. And now jujitsu is a habit. It's part of my life. It's part of my routine. It's part of my wellness routine. And so is not drinking. And it doesn't stop me from hanging out with the jujitsu guys or going to have or going to a bar or hanging out with my friends. I just don't drink alcohol. And I see if I can still have conversation and build relationships. And wow, wouldn't you know, they get even better. They get even better when you don't have this sort of thing around you that inhibits you or makes you make bad choices or any of the things that happen with alcohol, you're allowed to just truly build relationships and connections. So outside of habits come real, honest, true relationships, which is all I care about building. I want real, genuine connections. And if alcohol was the only thing that was bringing us together. Yeah, some of my relationships in college were all based on alcohol. We had absolutely fantastic times, but the relationships that have lasted over time from I graduated college in 2014 till now, which is 2023, they've lasted over time because they're real, they're authentic and genuine. It doesn't matter if we're drinking alcohol or not. We can just hang and chill and vibe and talk and share ideas and get to know one another even deeper without this thing that's surrounding us. Yeah, maybe they're having a couple beverages. That doesn't bother me. I'm not because I choose to be engaged and present in this conversation. And maybe that vibe that I have will reflect onto my friends, other people, and they'll want to make this choice for themselves because it has to be an internal driven choice, an intrinsic choice to want to show up as the best version of you if alcohol is sort of showing up poorly in your life. Now, regardless of that, alcohol is a toxin and it's toxic for your body, but there are good and bad things that come with alcohol and you have to make that decision based on you. So habits got sharper, confidence got better, um, productivity increased, relationships were uh, deeply, um, were deeply, uh, what's the word? Um, got deeper, I guess. That was stumbled over that and not very sophisticated, but thanks for, thanks for sticking with me. So they just got deeper, relationships got deeper, and the ones that sort of faded away because alcohol wasn't around, faded away. So what? And everyone knows this, but I, I got better sleep. That's just a, that's a standard practice. I got better sleep. I was more mentally sharp. Uh, I saved money because I wasn't spending it on going out, drinks, bottles, this, that. And since I was more mentally sharp, I was actually able to increase my productivity, which increased my income while also saving money from not spending alcohol. So it was like a double whammy of increased productivity, which increased my income, but I saved more money because I'm not spending any money on alcohol. And there's this whole jumbo of things that just colluded together to, to have some really, really profound effects for me, my life, and my business. And I also want to state that alcohol is interesting for, new, for a number of reasons, right? Alcohol is also embedded in a lot of religious cultures. I'm Jewish, and we celebrate the Jewish holidays, and 
basically a part of every Jewish holiday is some sort of alcoholic beverage wine. And in that space, it's a community builder. It brings people together. Um, it's about love and Judaism and relationships. And, and alcohol just happens to be a part of that. And you have to think sort of deeply about your relationship with alcohol. What are the net positives? What are the net negatives of you drinking alcohol? Now, if you're having one beer when you get home from work because you're stressed out and it de-stresses you and then you're sort of able to function at a better level with your wife or your kids, okay, maybe it's a net positive. But if you're drinking three to four to five to six to seven drinks a night and it's a crutch and it's a handicap, then it's a substance abuse disorder and you need to figure that out at a very deep level. You need to get help, real support and help because you can't, because you can't overcome that sort of thing that's happening. Um, if you only drink socially or you only drink with your friends or you drink because you feel insecure or you drink because you want to have more like more confidence, you have to sort of dive deep into these things and pick at like one thing that you want to work at based on, um, what you've noticed. You have to take an inventory about your life. If you're just going about the motions of your life, you're not being an active participant in your life. Then alcohol is just taking over. It's running the show for you. You are in control of your life and you have to take take hold of it, take responsibility and take ownership and decide who the person you want to be is, who the person you want to be and how you want to show up in the world and whether alcohol is a part of that or not. I'm not telling you to stop drinking alcohol for 365 days. I'm not telling you to never have a drink again. I'm telling you to take a deep look at your life and how alcohol plays a role in your life. Is it a net positive? Is it a net gain? Or is there some things or are there some things that you need to look deeper at that you could tweak, that you could alter, that you could pull back on that could create a better relationship with you and alcohol. Because if alcohol is running your life, then you're not in control and you're not an active participant. You're allowing that to push you forward and make all the decisions for you. You have to be the one making the decisions, making the choices, and understand why you're making those choices and if you can make better choices along the way based on thinking about this one thing, which is, which is alcohol. Because... I want to leave you with this quote. Well, actually, I want to explain something first. Um, when, when you tell people that you're not drinking anymore, they look at you like, you're the, like you, you've lost your mind. And so that was an interesting thing to, to work through. Like I would go to bars with my girlfriend or my friends or I'd be on baseball trips and I'd tell people, oh, I, don't, I don't drink or I'm not drinking. And the look you would get or I would get is like, um, so that's interesting because alcohol is the only drug where if you don't do it, people assume you have a problem and that's interesting. And so that's something that you have to think about when, if you decide to venture on this journey of not drinking alcohol, because people will assume that you have a problem or you had some sort of previous problem. Not that you're just taking hold of your life to try and be the best version of yourself because that sort of forces them to think about, oh, where am I lacking? Why am I not being the best version of me? Are there some things that are taking hold of my life that I haven't taken possession or ownership or responsibility for? And so you have to work through some of those things. You have to build up that sort of confidence behind your decision-making process while also building up your confidence to be in these sorts of places without the handicap of alcohol. And so you have to really get deep into the root of why you want to make this decision either to do it or to not to do it. But you have to at least take an inventory and check in with yourself about where your stance is on alcohol, how it affects you, how it doesn't affect you, and what you use it for and why you use it. 
and then making decisions from there based on that, those facts, those honest facts about your life. And then knowing that there's going to be some pushback from people on the outside. And how can you stand firm on your ground and do the thing you said you were going to do and believe in yourself and believe in what you're trying to do more than sort of these outside external factors? Because we people will push back on it. They won't really ask why, maybe, per se, but they'll give you a weird look that might question your intentions. And you got to be firm in your stance. You got to be the person who stands by what they say and what they do. And you have accountability partners and you tell your close friends and they hold you accountable. But it's really you who are responsible and own this decision and own your life and how you want it to turn out because you have control over it. Very Sometimes very little control, but that little control is enough to push the trajectory of your life in a certain direction, in the direction you want it to go. And so I just wanted to end with that before I end again with this one very important quote, very important quote. Alcohol is the only drug where if you don't do it, people assume you have a problem. So think about that. Think about what I said. Take some inventory about your own life, where you are. Take a deep check in. Write some things down. Take some notes. Understand how you can tweak or change or alter your stance or how you feel about alcohol. But if you've got it all figured out, awesome. If you want some help with this or want any more information about how I did, how I started, what I did, anything else, please reach out. But again, that's just my personal story. Not telling you what to do, not telling you to drink or not to drink. Just saying that's how I felt. Those are the... um, the increment, not incremental, the absolutely gigantic gains it made in my life. The three greatest decisions that I have made are to do um, 365 days of celibacy, to stop watching porn, and to stop drinking alcohol. Those are the three best decisions that I have made, and I encourage you to think about what decisions can you make to maybe benefit your life altogether. So thank you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Cheers. See you next time. Thank you very much for tuning in to that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And please, if you did enjoy it, share it with a friend. Because the podcast grows from people like you sharing it with people like you. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple. It really, really does help the podcast grow. So I appreciate you very much. In other news, I do have a newsletter that goes out every single Friday. It's called Random Stuff Friday, and it covers one big idea that I'm really thinking about that week, and I have a video, a quote, article, uh, question, and a journal prompt that all centered around that big idea. So if you'd like, go to AaronMashbits.com and subscribe to my weekly newsletter. But most importantly, above all else, please, please take good care of yourselves and each other, and I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Cheers.